Hey there, Tommy boy. Well, what's up, Sir Joseph of uh, <laughs> of, of Fresno? Yes. Hey, I'm going to bring something up on YouTube here, and can you describe for the good people what we're seeing? This is a classroom physics experiment. Uh, no sound, so okay. you're going to have to narrate. Gotcha. Okay, so there is a gentleman with a board on his... Okay, a gentleman is lying, apparently. This is a student, of a course. A student, yeah. Has to be, because no no normal human being is stupid <laughs> enough to do this fucking Okay, so thing. what's he doing that's so stupid? He is laying on the floor. Man, yep. not, that's not stupid. I approve of that activity. But yep. on his chest, he has a board. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's on his midsection. Yep. He might have a bit of a tummy, so it doesn't look like it's right on his... Anyways. Okay. Uh, it's there. It's um, And on top of which is a cinder block yep. on its narrow end. It's a two-module It's a two module mm-hmm. cinder block, mm-hmm. and so like the taller end is yep. vertical. Uh, all the way up. Yeah, yeah, okay, vertical. Well played. Okay, well played. and there's a man... Near him, What's yeah. There's a man uh, straddling his uh, his lower mid his lower section there, um, <laughs> right over oh over God. his knees yes. to the ball to knee area okay. there, yeah. and um, that looks like a, a vengeful teacher or a th- like a, a god of well, thunder. Well, he's got an axe, but the, a, the blunt end. Yeah, he's, he's holding the blunt end axe. toward the cinder block. He is holding. Yes, that. Well, no, stop. Let me. Guess what, guys? He is holding an axe with the blunt end towards the cinder block. Well, Tom, you never to, get to it. Like, I'm going to get there. What are, we, what are we on a time limit here? Okay, go what ahead. Are, what are you, Mashuga? Holy Anyways, Christ. he's going to raise, as though he were about to raise the axe and yes. then bring it down in a forceful yes. manner on the top mm-hmm. narrower edge of the cinder block. Some, now, sort, of, some sort of physics experiment. So here he goes. One okay. assumes, except he probably is going to put that axe head right through his skull. Okay, let's see it. Slow motion. Okay, slow motion. And then he didn't. Oh! Oh! No! <laughs> no! So there's a pause. Now, now it catches up. What? You know, he swung the axe. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay, well, run it back because I want to see the cause on this. Okay, uh, let me he... run it back a little bit. Okay, well, he missed sl- the cinder block altogether. It's in slow motion. Here it goes. He's, and it's, he's bringing the axe down, mm-hmm. blunt end. Oh, oh, he just... Okay, well, here's the thing. The, student moved, the student moved a little bit, okay, but so not much, yeah. frankly. Yeah. I, I, I get it. Somebody was swinging any form of an axe in my direction. <laughs> I would... You're going to flinch? I would flinch at least that much. Okay. I, I'd like to think I would flinch that bravely. It's amazing that he still has the board with the cinder block at all on uh, It's got to be glued on. It's got to be glued <laughs> onto the fucking board, right? Cause because you know, the cinder block can be scratchy. It might scratch your, might scratch your chest area. But I don't think we but, said what happened. What happened? Well, no, yeah. That's not the problem here. The problem is, <laughs> is that the axe... Uh, the blunt end of the axe went through like the very end of the cinder block. He basically missed the cinder he just block. Just nicked it. He nicked it probably enough to cause not death to right. occur because uh-huh. then the axe fell through, followed through. Luckily, the blunt end. Oh my god! Yes. What if it had not been uh-huh. into the student's balls, his um, swimsuit it, area? We'd yeah. like to say. Oh, I'm going to go straight into the nuts right there. Yep. Like and 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 now the lack thereof because <laughs> how how do no nuts do not survive such an activity? And to me, the, what, and look and and what, hold on, this mother, this teacher. Not only that, like I'm looking at, like I'm looking at this through a camera. Yep, yep. There's at least two or three other people videoing this fucking oh, assault. Yes, this is this attempted murder. It hasn't, it hasn't occurred to everyone exactly what's happened, except perhaps the teacher one, and clearly the student. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know that it's occurred to him either. All I know is uh, I think there's an explosion in a galaxy of pain sort of going on there. Okay. Oh now, my god, I you think, can't see his face, but I think oh. Oh I think the God. next part of this, as it continues, it's no. not as startling as that, 
but it's still kind of surprising. So let me let me just roll it forward here. Okay. What, what are we doing? So the teacher is. Are you okay? Now I'm going what? for. A- <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> What's he do next, Tom? Oh, no, wait, no. Hold on. How is that even possible? That's not possible. Okay, so let's just roll it back. He's, okay. he's hit the student in the nuts, and right. now he's checking on the student. Like, oh, my God. Like, what are any of us okay? would do. Holy right. shit. Have okay, a, so he must not have hit now. him. He did not hit him in the nuts, because there's no fucking way. Or, or the guy passed out. All right, let's see. Let's see. Let's watch. Okay, so he so goes, are you okay? He's asking, okay, okay let me and try then again. Right back into it. By, the way, <laughs> by the way, the student, uh, I mean, the teacher looks like John Malkovich. Yes. Okay, and, and he then chops he, like John, John Malkovich. Yeah, he chops like uh, yeah. What what was the the physics? Now, ex- oh no! Now the student is finally, I think, realizing that he was too kind to let him continue. Well, that can't be a student. He's oh. bald. Well, I could have. Well, I guess again, could, could have one of us go. <laughs> it definitely had that junior college vibe going on there, so maybe it was. Oh, anyway, it's a it's a physics experiment. If you look up physics Why? teacher experiment axe and nuts on YouTube, you'll find the video that we Tom and I just watched. I know we just watched a video on a podcast, but I think your description was apt, Tom. Oh, I like it. I, I you know, it was very well done. I, I have to say this though, like, what kind of physics were they actually teaching? With that I have no idea. Thing? That's how little I know about physics. Like, if you hit something with an axe, it breaks. Well, okay, but this is why welcome to science. A marvel that I wasn't molested a lot as a kid because you could convince me of this is a physics experiment. I would okay, say so. Wow, it's hurting my neck, but all right. No teeth. No teeth. No teeth. In physics. <laughs> well, so anyway, I brought that up because I thought it was funny, number one. But also, um, I think <laughs> I believe ball that shot humor never I, goes. Never, <laughs> no, never ball shot humor funny. is the best. Um, I, I think that teacher meant to do that. I think that was an excuse to hit a student in the nuts with a blunt edge of an axe. That's what I think. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. First off, uh, there's the doubt whether or not that actually is a student. Might not be a student. Yeah. Which case is that? I, then I picture some kind of Virginia. Who's afraid of Virginia Wolf? This guy's, you know, a member of the faculty banging his <laughs> wife or something like that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, all right, yeah. let's get down with some some blunt axe swinging action. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, fucking great, well, you- man. Like as far as revenge goes, like. How do you look at an axe and go, I'm going to use the blunt end on this? I don't know, man. I don't like, know. Like, there's so many I other, could watch that all fucking So day. many other I tools could, that you could use. Yes. I'd like to, to do a podcast only on that the, that video of a man hitting uh, possibly a student or another teacher in the nuts with the blunt end of an axe as part of a physics experiment. We've almost done, we've almost done that. Okay, well, so... <laughs> I. I'm, Let's move on. Education we, uh, in general. I think, were you ever were here. you ever a, a a shit or did you know any shits like real fucking shitty students who would make a teacher want to do something like that? Oh, I was not a good student myself, but I was yeah. but uh, but I was good at tests and I was good at like like talking to teachers. But I think all teachers who teach in the public school environment yeah. probably at some point in their career if not oh, fuck, many times course, have fantasies about oh, denutting their students or, or just pulling, pulling, <laughs> some, pulling out some kind of weaponry yeah. in a classroom setting how, how could you possibly not which is wrong well it is wrong it is wrong but, this, uh, this podcast is going to be posted right on the weekend at some sort of horrible <laughs> school wretched like, horrible massacre two been... local podcasters mm. encouraged no no they thought just... it would be hilarious yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. unfortunately the teacher was armed with an axe so he, he counted as a level boss in the fucking I don't thing. get that. You know, you've. Oh, it's fine. We'll talk about that later. But anyway, so so um, Glenn Ford is the topic uh-huh. of our podcast today, and the reason we we I, I wanted to look at that and talk about teachers is the first film we're talking about is 1955's The Blackboard Jungle. Mm-hmm. I like this film. 
Oh, yeah. It's a good one. Uh, it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's not, not a great, a great movie. No. It's, it's incredible. It's an incredibly flawed movie. First off, yeah, yeah. it's from the it's from the the list of movies that's like that that has a social ill that it's attempting to talk about, and it says exactly that at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, for it, sure. It, it, it makes zero bones about it, and so in in a sense, it's what it's attempting to be in a sense is a documentary. You know, documenting this social ill, yeah. Um, but with fictional characters. Well, it has the premise. I mean, it has the real cornball premise that something like Re- Reefer Madness has at the beginning, right? So this it, film opens up with like a movies, warning. I, I kind of miss that. I wish they had movies like that. Warnings today. to the American public about what you're about to see. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're yeah, about, you're about to see a movie about knocking over Las Vegas. <laughs> right. Well, okay. So it's a film about. Glenn Ford mm-hmm. as a, a, a young, young teacher. Young fucking, he's a, he's a Michelle Pfeiffer from Dangerous Minds. He's yep. he's beginning his teaching career. He wants to go out and teach. He wants to mold. He actually uses the phrase mold young minds. <laughs> he actually yes. says that. With an axe. Without, without, uh, without, uh, without irony in any way. Okay, so he and his, his young wife, Anne Francis, who I find attractive in most movies, but it's not attractive in this movie because she, she has a disfigured off. doll face in this movie. Yeah, she pulls off unattractive in this movie, which is yeah. good, because then they would have probably had to go like the the thing, the, the rape angle or something like that at some point on her. Okay, so then they go to some unnamed city, which we assume is something like New York City, Metropolis, as it were. Yeah. And, um, Cleveland, he, yeah, or Cleveland, Ugh. and he uh, or Dayton, and he um, is a new teacher at this sort of school that's a public school for toughs, right? Right. Yeah. Well, it's a public. Yeah, it's like. Well, it's not. They didn't actually go like make it like a reform school or anything like that. It's like yep. the next step over. It's yeah. that's where they're heading after this one so, right here. So he's there. It's the first day. It's of school. a shit all. He's gotten this job at the school. There are a few sort of like new teachers. This math teacher who loves you know big band swing music and right a, and likes the mathematics of music. Yeah, and he wants to. <laughs> Use he wants that to show these tool kids to like right. jazz and have them listen to jazz so they can understand that that music uh, is math. Have daddy oh. Yes, yes, yes. So oh. go ahead. So, so well, and this there's a bastion of like you know hipster like talk and and going on in this movie as well at the same time. Bastion. What do you mean? Well, I'm not sure what I meant with the word, that word, but I don't know what you but mean I'm saying, but like daddy o for instance, like there's oh, all this hipster okay. slang. These are the kids. These are the kids, right? And okay, uh, with daddy o. Glenn, well, Glenn. Uh, Glenn's character yep. uh, is named Daddy uh, Daddy A or something yes. like that, and so they immediately they switch it over to Daddy O. That's good writing. Yeah, yep. If you say so. But in any event, yep. um, it, no, it was um, okay. So so uh, so he moves in. He's taking over this class where he's trying to. Mm-hmm. He's doing his level best to be some kind of an authority figure. Yep. In uh, in a class that does not seem to recognize that kind of thing. Right. I mean, look. It's one of the things about this film is the the premise that this is a rough school is. Both unbelievable and believable. Right. Because things are going on with these students in a 1955 context that are, you know, it's kind of the old joke, like um, talking back to the teacher. Mm-hmm. And Glenn Ford is a teacher, like, what did you say to me, Ramirez? Like, you know, under your breath. Right. I don't take that kind of stuff. And at the same time, there are legitimately scary things. This movie's over 60 years old, and there's like an attempted rape mm-hmm. in the movie. There are knifings, and people are, you know, it kind of, you know, gave me flashbacks of Teacher some of my early me. teaching experiences where the students were truly awful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, like, the teacher gets beaten up. Yeah. Oh, uh, man, like twice, because that's because I rewind. Uh, just picturing your face. So in the, in the film, I, the film also wants to take on like the the, the connection between class and race and oh, the and, problems with schools and, and poverty and the whole thing. Well, at the same time, mm-hmm. it, it wants to sort of um, this is what I, th- I think is sort of 
developed about the film, it doesn't want to make everything an excuse. So there's a principle, for instance, for whom race and class has everything to do with how the students are acting. And right. Glenn Ford kind of sets him straight a bit on that score. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have this great um, Lewis Calhoun, who is um, a great uh, sort of actor. He was, in, he was in the like, Asphalt Jungle. Mm-hmm. He was in High Society. Always, always a great character actor. Grumpy, grumpy old fuck. Right, right. The the, the picture of that. He's the guy who who sort of his character and his dialogue announces in this film that these are kids not worth saving. He's just here for the paycheck. Fuck these kids. Right. And right. Glenn, Glenn Ford is going to give him an early lecture, and of course, Glenn Ford himself will begin to take his old grumpy, crotchety ass attitude. Right, right, right. What, 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 I like I like the fact that you're like you're you're mm-hmm. you're kind of demonizing him with it, but but I get it. Demonizing like, who? Oh, the, oh, the grumpy, crotchety old fucker. I mean, yeah, he uh, is that. But once you, you watch these students in action for a little while, you kind of get it, you know? Oh, uh, if it came across as my demonizing, that's not it. What I'm, what I'm sort of um, wincing at. Oh, he's the yeah, he's the cartoon of that guy. It's thing. the cartoon yeah, of that guy. He is right? a little cartoon. So like, yeah. Because he's going to be changed, as, even as Glenn Ford is going through his sort of hero's journey as a teacher. <laughs> Which, by the way, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. That I think this is the first movie of that genre of like the the teacher hero. You know, I think so. And and some great ones came out later on. You know, some that I adore, like. like well, like I just like to point out, like uh, one of the characters in this movie is yeah. played by Sidney Poitier. Mm-hmm. Later on, boom, take to that, put it in the to Sir with Love. Ten years later, yeah, love that movie, adore then, that flick. Then, of course, twenty years after To Sir with Love is our gem, and that's the class, class of, of nineteen eighty four, starring yes. uh, no one I know except for Roddy, Roddy McDowell. McDowell. Yes, who pulls a pulls a gun on his class, makes ah. them learn by gun uh, under gunpoint, you know, or whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a rape in that movie. There's lots of raping in these educational movies. And I think about it. But well, the, the difference between this and 1984 is that the yep. class of 1984 is that the class of 1984 the rape was successful. That yes, was, they, were, they were willing to commit to the. Uh, to, to to the students on that one. There. I guess so. I guess mm. you're right. So this is really, I mean, the the the, the conflict in this film is, is pretty straightforward. And also it's at this point sort of um, well-worn, right? It's sort of like, should yeah. he stay? At this point it is, yeah. When he doesn't have to stay mm-hmm. and do, you know, um, contribute his resources as an intelligent teacher to these students, many of whom don't seem to want to learn, right. but because of their environment, is, is it really their fault? Or should he take the easy way out and you know, go look up his mentor, who will give him a job in a private school where students stand and recite Latin. Right, 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 right. Yeah. If you by wanna... the way, he should have done the other one. <laughs> of course, fuck <laughs> in him, my right? opinion. Yeah, go fuck I mean, if, you, <laughs> if you've seen like The Wire, you get this is the this is the yep. toned down version of that. Yeah, that's true. Of season two of The Wire. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, that, that's maybe the best example I've ever like the best straightforward <laughs> example I've ever seen of that that I can. Yeah. That I know. I'm not a fucking teacher, so what do I know? But yeah. it feels real. In any event, this movie, one of the things that's also really great in the, that's going on in this movie is what a cast. It's got a fucking cast. Okay, you got Glenn Ford you got Glenn and Ford. the aforementioned Anne Francis right. as a you, teacher and his you've wife. You've got Sidney Poitier in a very early role. Which is interesting because um, we were talking about this recently, and Sidney Poitier, like a couple of years earlier, had played a surgeon in a mo- the movie with Richard Widmark, No Way Out. So <laughs> mm-hmm. he's still, he was young enough and, and versatile he, enough to play an adult or a teenager. The, as I say, Black Don't Crack. He definitely had that. Kind of always, he's I, always had that. Yep. So uh, he was great in that. Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Vic Morrow is yep. in it. Plays, he plays the real tough. This is pre-decapitation, I want to know. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it was kind of hard. Like after that, is his uh, his uh, agent stopped working for him, looking for jobs. 
Yeah, but, after his decapitation. Yeah, after the decapitation. <laughs> Just a know. side note to anyone who's not aware. So, his sorry. last film was the Twilight Zone, the movie. Vic, do you want it? He was decapitated. Go ahead. With a couple of kids in his arms. Really? Oh, yeah. They he were, was like, decapitated his... with children in his arms? Yeah, yeah. It was That's the whole thing. the way to go. The helicopter went, <laughs> z- like, zipped off. Uh, and do you think threw those the kids are okay? Of... No, the, no, they got decapitated, too. <laughs> no! Yeah, he was killed. But there were they were, but they were Vietnamese extras, so nobody really knows about You're it. You're kidding nobody, Yeah, right, yeah. Oh, there's so much of that story I did. I thought I knew but did not know. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. First of all, just you're retelling it. I, first, I thought you were saying he was decapitated, but they were not, so that they lived with a decapitated <laughs> man holding them. Then I learned that they were decapitated, and oh, then yeah, I learned that racism humane. always shows up in America. Welcome, even, baby. <laughs> and yeah. there it is. Mm-hmm. No one cares because they were Vietnamese. Yeah, wow. they're Vietnamese. Whatever. Okay. So, but uh, yeah, no, but but he was fabulous in this yeah. movie. He plays a great. He plays a great young Irish punk. Tough. We're talking about in the Black World. Vic Moore, yeah, 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 yeah. The character himself, head yep. and all. Um, yeah. And uh, just yeah, he just plays this, and he's the, in charge of the gang, so he's really the troublemaker. Yeah, he is. He plays the. He's the actual heavy going. There's on no redemption movie. for him. No need for redemption for that character. Well, there you go. That's welcome to the 1950s when this took place. There was no need for the... Yeah, they, it wasn't felt that there was need to redeem this character. So people are fucking evil because well, they're Irish, he's right? He's also a foil, though, because what we understand is the difference between his character and Sidney Poitier's character, who Sidney Poitier's character is a tough... Um, he can be tough when he wants to. He's kind of a sassy. Yeah. But in the end, he's a good guy. And you get right. that corny sort of relation where he calls, he starts calling um, Glenn Ford's character Teach. Teach. Hey, Teach. Hey, Teach. Yeah. So, I mean, it's 1955, so we can't avoid some sort of corniness. But but it's engaging, I think, as a film. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's really interesting, too, because it's, a, it's um, well, I mean, first off, it's a northern city. I mean, that's for, for sure obvious mm-hmm. in this thing because race comes up. Yeah. Right, like, which is not something you would expect, like, for a race to be sort of talked about as openly as it is in this movie. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is kind of a neat little thing. It does. It's interesting because it happened in what 1955, I think, when the movie came out. Yep, 1955. So it's uh, so you know, it's it's. I'm not saying this is any kind of a precursor to. Um, what do you want to call it? Um, civil. What do you want to call it? Civil rights. That thing. That yep. enormous thing. That thing. Yeah. That, yep. would, that what civil whatevers. The civil, civil whatevers. Yes. Um, but it. Uh, but but th- there's something about this movie that does sort of lead into that in a certain sense. Yeah. Well, it's also got a. It's re- also the music too. Well, okay, so you got Bill Haley in the comments. Rock right. around the rock clock, and roll opens is... and closes the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say about the race stuff. It has. It does some really bold things with mm-hmm. race from 1955. It does some things that seem ridiculous now as well there's a scene where glenn ford gets called in by the principal and the principal who's sort of a progressive principal right um and therefore to be admired but also possibly kind of foolish from a 1955 perspective Mm -hmm. calls glenn ford as a teacher on the carpet and sort of lists did you say these words to your student students did you call one of them a spick and one of them a nigger and he listed and glenn ford goes i did but only to teach them a lesson about race to which the principal says oh okay then like i (laughs) Good work, sir. Well played, sir. Uh, Yeah, so this is—I mean, this is kind of ridiculous, and and it's got—I think what today we would call um, (coughs) like—it's also a movie uh, in the context of race about like the white savior. Glenn oh, Ford yeah, is the absolutely. white savior. So. Well, that's the thing. It's funny because it is it is kind of cool that they do bring it up in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's also because they bring it up essentially to dismiss it in a certain sense. To dismiss the idea of the white savior. Well, that's, that's a bad thing. No. Well, yes, that. And also that it's simply that there's a racial quality to, yeah. to this thing. It's, there, these yeah. kids just aren't, you know, they're, they're just, some of them are troubled, some of them are yeah. not. And it, it does has nothing sort of, to do with it all with race. There's a few cop outs with like, I don't care say. if you're green, purple, or, you know, like, yeah, yeah fuck right. off. It'd be fucking rad if I were purple. 
You, I've seen you in the heat. With that, the heat that's called, that's, 109. That's called you a are stroke, purple, brother. That's called a stroke. That's a little bit different. They don't let me into. They don't let me into into elementary schools to have that. So okay. Well, so I, I we agree. We like this movie. It's not an excellent movie, but it no, is definitely I don't enjoyable. Love this movie, but yeah. it's worth. It's, it's historically it's good. interesting for yeah. sure. I think your notations about the the relation to civil rights is not a, a bad one, actually. No, no, but it's definitely proto. Like way before. Yeah. So yeah, let's. It's not condo. Anyway, so the, our second... Oh, no, it isn't. Oh, my God. That was so worthwhile. <laughs> was it worth a pause? Oh, that was amazing. Um, work, our second Bedford film is 1961's Pocket Full of Miracles, and directed by... A pocket full of miracles. Frank Capra, baby. Frank Capra. And with this pocket full of miracles... With I don't remember the rest of the song. Glenn, Glenn Ford. Ford, oddly asleep, because this is our Glenn Ford episode. Yep, and co-starring Betty Davis. Uh, yep, and her eyes. Other people <laughs> included, thank you. Uh, Peter Falk. Ah, Peter Falk. Love I love the Peter Falk. I love me some Peter Who Falk. Who doesn't love the Peter Falk? Oh, uh, what? One more thing. Okay. One more thing. I'm pointing my finger up like Peter Falk in you Columbo. Are. And then, Absolutely. Uh, it was like, if I close my eyes, it's like I've been in a place where somebody's doing a Peter Falk impression. The it's amazing. Hope Lang. Film, oh, Hope Lang. Yes. And the film debut of a Miss Anne it's good in my Damn, she's like a glowing angel. <laughs> Tom really loves Anne Margaret. I love. I, I do. Like her I didn't a lot, realize that Tom I did, but I did. I had no idea that that was Anne Margaret. I've seen this movie like dozens of times. Yep. I, I there's a you were blinded to the fact I, that she was there. I just knew that there was a, who was this angel, An angel in this movie man, every goddamn time. <laughs> do you like Anne Margaret more in terms of her sex appeal than Tuesday Well? Yeah. Interesting. Easy. Easy to say. Okay. So this movie is uh, Pocketville of Miracles. And mm-hmm. the, the premise, it's New York. It's a 1920s, late 20s or early 30s, something uh, like that. Yeah. It's like, it's like we're like, we're, we're a little bit into um, prohibition. We're into okay. prohibition. Yes. Yeah. We're certainly into prohibition. And Glenn Ford plays Dave the Dude. Dave the Dude. International of a, man of mystery, man about town, New York City wise. Underworld character. Underworld character. Yes. yes. Character. Yeah. He's mostly, I mean, gambling, entertainment, but mostly booze and this Boot, type of thing. Legging. Right? Legging okay. the boots. So he, he, the whole sort of original premise of the movie is that, you know, well, there's twofold. Well, One is that Glenn Ford uh, is a superstitious gangster. Yes, he is. And he believes that um, his continued luck in the underworld is made possible by the fact that he purchases di- apples from a local hobo lady who sells apples. And her name is Apple Annie. Apple Annie. And she's yes. played by? Well, she is played by Anne Mar- uh, No, Betty oh, Davis. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, he yes. stumbles. He Betty Davis. Down goes uh, Smitty. No. So, um, all right. So, so Glenn Ford <laughs> needs these apples from Apple Annie, the mm-hmm. hobo lady played gives by her luck. Gives him luck, and that's what makes him a successful. Pays 20 bucks that's an apple. It's his, his lucky apple. He won't admit to having the superstition, but he has it, clearly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. So, while that's happening, um, uh, Hope Lang shows up as a young um, lady, mm-hmm. and she comes to tell Dave the Dude that her father has died, another underworld character. Her father has owed Dave the Dude some money. Right. She's going to pay it off. She's going to pay off her father's debt, yeah. so she pays it off by becoming an entertainer in one of his clubs. He uh, falls in love with and her. no doubt some vagina. Possibly true. And that trades hands. That That's apple. all right. Yep. No mm-hmm. question about it. Yep. So, and? Yep. So, uh, no, go ahead. So, anyway, so, so it's important to sort of see those as parallel stories because what happens is Betty Davis falls on hard luck. 
She surely does. Uh, in that, she has basically got a child. She's had a child for uh, for a long time, and nobody knows about it. Now, I got to understand, Betty Davis is not only the apple lady; she's also yep. sort of like, uh, as you called it, the the shop stu- the shop steward of the homeless of the hobo yep. union. Homeless. And there's a whole cast union. of hobo, like the I don't know the what that's leg, called. The guy with no legs who rolls around. <laughs> yeah, with yeah. irons. Yeah, yeah. Which is just. They should just have a fucking movie about him, dude. Like, oh my god, that was, it was called Trading Places. Oh no, no, the, the, what? No, shut up. Anyways, uh, but uh, so so she is that. Um, she has so a she, daughter who's in Spain, and why the fuck? By the way, why, why Spain? Well, I don't really understand the whole. You have to have suspension of disbelief because why does this woman who it lives in the gutter? How does she have a daughter? Who's being raised in Spain? Well, see, what you don't see is they don't they don't show this, but like right on the waterfront, like just yep. uh, just north of the just north of the Bronx, whatever. Uh, there's an enormous slingshot that they use to like launch babies at, at various countries in Europe. I guess I have no fucking idea right. how this child ends up in so, Spain so in a she, convent. Okay, so she's in a convent in Spain and she's being raised, you know, well, I guess. And oh, to be a to, to be a glowing paragon of sexy young womanhood for sure, Anne an Margaret. angel, no doubt about it. So. <laughs> So, so Betty Davis is, um, she falls on her luck in the following way. She's kept up this ruse to her daughter that she herself is a socialite of New York mm-hmm. by corresponding vis-a-vis airmail uh, from Spain to New it's York. It's like email, but there was, there was paper involved. Go ahead. Got to explain it to our younger fucking people, man. What are you talking about? Okay. Getting like frustrated. All right. Anyway, so she's she's got this correspondence with her daughter, and through this, she maintains this fiction uh, that she's a wealthy socialite. And in how New York. does she do it? Uh, because she uses stationery, which is again paper uh, from uh, from a very wealthy uh, sort of upper class hotel in yep. New York, a famous one. Okay, so so uh, thereby giving the impression to the daughter that she is rich and lives in a uh, uh, is a resident in a great hotel of New York. Right, right. Which was how rich people lived back then, and maybe is today. I don't know. Fair enough. So two things happen. One is the guy who um, collects the mail for her and gives it to her as a hobo mm-hmm. and understands the ruse she's trying to pull gets fired. Right. So it's understood. So no she's longer no longer going to have that front. Right. And additionally, when she gets her last letter, she's able to get from the daughter. She understands that the daughter is coming to, to America. Visit. Because she's betrothed to some sort of rich guy mm-hmm. uh, from Europe. So the gig is up. Yes. The gig is the gig is well and truly up. So she has no way of perpetrating this uh, myth, and this, uh, this, 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 this legend, this lie, really, yep. uh, any further. And so, uh, so she falls into depression. Dave the Dude, of course, basically the central conflict or what, what happens in the movie is Dave the Dude then has to use his power and influence yep. to bring, to raise her up, to, to give her the, 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 what do you call that, the, the accoutrement of being that kind of wealth. Well, oh, not- my God, I said accoutrement. Shoot me right in the nuts. I've, I've been thinking about the entire uh, episode, frankly. But, Just but shoot he's, me in the nuts. I don't have an ex. So he um, he's motivated by the fact that he he wants those apples. He Absolutely. wants those fucking apples. I mean, at and first he's like, fuck her. But then but then he's like, fuck, I need the apples. So. Right. So and, and then, of course, the better half, uh, Hope Lang as his girlfriend, says, mm. you should help her for humanitarian reasons. He's only going to help her to get the apple, which means he has to admit that he has a superstition to begin with. Right. Peter Falk is in there for some reason. Well, he's like the Greek chorus of what the fuck going on in yeah. the background? Yeah, like, this is nuts. I like uh, Peter Fark. Oh, I, I love him in everything, and I particularly enjoy him in this one. He plays. Uh, he plays. A, his character's name is Joy Boy. 
oh, in the okay. movie, and uh, he's just a, he's like chronically depressed. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of his uh, kind of his shtick. So. so really, the last sort of the movie. It, this is a remake, apparently, of a, of a, of a previous Frank Capra venture called Lady, Lady for, a for a Day, day. right? Mm-hmm. Which is the this sort of and the Princess Diaries. There's been a million sort of like takes on this proposition sure. that you right. take well, somebody Pygmalion ish. Yeah, well, I guess it is. It also has that. You're right, Pygmalion mm-hmm. and My Fair Lady, mm-hmm. um, but for different reasons. This isn't to sort of win a bet, but to, it's a more humanitarian reason. Can we raise someone out of the gutter so that they um, fulfill the expectation of the daughter or the son they're going to reunite with. Right, right. And yep. the acting is great. Uh, you know, although I just wonder, like, because they did such a good job. I, I always picture what, like, when Betty Davis, they're cleaning her up, like, what that bathwater looked like at the end must have been pretty foul. Yep. Oh, just like, like a Chinese soup or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mushrooms and everything. Okay. Anyways, but the acting. I, okay, yeah. so let's let's okay let's summarize this movie. I love this movie. It's yeah. uh, one of my favorite movies. It's definitely not a great movie. Was, no, 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 no. But no. since I was a kid, I think I've watched this. It's a Christmas movie. It's yeah, one of those it's movies. A great I watch. holiday movie. Yeah, it's a movie I watch during the Christmas season, um, yeah. and it uh, brings me a lot of joy. The, the a lot of the music is from the Nutcracker and various other places as well. Um, uh-huh. It's just a well put together movie in a lot of ways. Yep. I mean, it's Frank Capra. You can't really go fucking wrong with him. Can you? I don't know. I mean, the thing about Frank Capra is he's a fucking true believer. And that's to mm-hmm. his uh, to benefit. But sometimes it's like, holy shit, Frank, take the fucking American flag out of your ass or whatever it is uh, that you're promoting right now. Yeah. Is, do you ever question anything? Well, it makes him like, I think he's like an earlier and much better like Frank Marshall. You know what I mean? Frank Marshall, where am I? He's behind like Pretty Woman and those type of movies. Ah, I know, I know, I got you. It's a world of different terms of the quality, but it's the same sort of attitude. Like, that's the American spirit and like fighting corruption and everyone coming together. It's always that sort of like somebody who's cynical Uh made better by becoming less cynical. Yeah, okay. I don't care for that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get, uh, I'm not you, a fan of that. Why would you rip the <laughs> rip the calluses off my soul, you fucker? Yeah. Uh, now that being the case, there's there, there's a really cool little element to this story, which is that in his autobiography, Frank Capra uh, referred to this movie particularly as yep. a pocket full of headaches. Why? Because it was apparently a nightmare to put on. Uh, first off. Um, well, Hope Lang was a center of controversy there. She was uh, Glenn Ford's uh, girlfriend. What, in real life? In real life. And Glenn basically, using that as the strength of it, basically he insisted that she be in the movie, yep. despite the fact that Penny Davis <laughs> despised Hope Lang. Why? Just well, well, who knows? She's Betty Davis. Betty Davis is any... Halfway attractive female shows up on a set, Betty Davis is probably going to hate her guts. Because at that point, she'd lost her own looks. Her if, own look, moon eyes. If only that. Maybe there was something legitimate. I don't yeah. really know. I, I haven't read it. Uh, I didn't read the story well enough to know that part. Uh, I got it secondhand. But it's, uh, but it's a really great story. And then yeah. it was just such a nightmare to put it on. That The only person on the set who was actually... Uh, like decent to work with was uh, I think Anne Margaret and uh, Peter Falk. Not Glenn Ford. No, no, Glenn Ford was a pushy little bitch for no his kidding. girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, no. Oh, he was, for Hope. Well, Lang. he was at war with. He was on on Hope Lang's behalf. Yeah, he was at war with uh, Betty, Betty Davis. Davis uh, right, the whole movie. That does sound like a fun place to work. Actually, uh, yeah. Oh, god damn it! <laughs> uh, no, I love a Mormon senator versus this old bitch. I love the weirdly. I love the color in this movie. It's a weird sort of like yeah. colorful and yet sort of like bleeding. Colors? I don't know if that's. You know what's so funny is I would like to watch that in a regular print. Just I've seen a good print of this movie. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. I have it because I was I was uh, assumed that that was just the print that I had watched when I was growing up. But. No, no, it's uh, okay. it's good. You're. I mean, there's so much to like about this film. It's light. It's um, the acting it's is pretty good. It's adorable. Yeah, the acting. 
the acting is certainly competent, and I can see what you're talking about. It's a it's a pay for it's a pay it forward. Yep. Um, pretty womanish kind of a comedy. But run. it's got a great pace too. It sort of keeps rolling along and increasing the the sort of pace, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm a fan. <coughs> well, I'm a fan. I give it a well. recommendation. Oh, yeah. Total like thumbs Glenn, up. I like the Glenn Ford in general. Uh, yeah, I, I would say so. I can't think of a movie I can't think of a movie of his that I think stinks. I haven't seen some of them. There's one called Rage. It's just simply called Rage that I, I want to see. I can't see him doing Rage. Somehow. He was also I think his la- one of his last movies was with um who's the girl from Little House on the Prairie? I forget her name. Melissa something where um and it's a it's called Happy Birthday to Me. It's a horror film. Ugh. And I remember the ad had a shish kebab that went through <laughs> somebody's throat. <laughs> and I remember it because I was a I was a nerd kid that I remember thinking like, oh Glenn Ford. Oh, what have you done? <laughs> At least you're not Ernest Borgnine with rats in a movie. A giant once lived in that body. <laughs> anyway. All right. It. Well, well, yeah, that's we're done with our Glenn Ford episode. You have any yeah. business, Tom? Uh yeah, absolutely. Go check out um, go check us out uh, finleysonfilm.com yep. mm-hmm. uh, and also uh, we have a Patreon page please join us there we could really use the help yep. uh, at all times and uh, we love you guys you guys rate us and review us on iTunes oh for sure don't please forget do to do that no, my, what, no. above, above all else Let's do not forget to do that no we insist oh, you will be the Betty Davis to my furious Glenn Ford he, and Hope Lang if he, you forget to do that You in the, in the, pay, in, in the mail which again we've talked about earlier yep. you You'll receive a cinder block and a board, and then you just yeah. got to lay down and hold down what on your the, tummy. Wait, Mr. Falk, what do you have to say? One more thing. Don't forget to rate and review them on iTunes. Is it like Gilbert Godfrey yeah. just escaped from a cancer ward? <laughs> okay. All right. We're good. All right, everyone. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.